and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter tires starting at only $49.95, only at Big O Tires. They have no credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. Gordon, coming up here momentarily. He, uh, We appreciate him joining us because uh, I'll tell you what, with this truncated offseason, it's not like he's busy or anything. No, it's not at all. <laughs> In fact, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Sports Illustrated, he is our friend Chris Mannix. Chris, thank you so much. We just made the joke. Uh, we we appreciate the time because with this uh, truncated off season, it's not like you're busy or anything. I know everything. Everything just keeps moving, man. Everything just uh, seems like the off season lasts about a minute and a half, and now we're right back into it. <laughs> well, let's let's start, of course, talking about the Jazz. What have you thought about their off season thus far? Uh, I think it's been solid. I mean, you. I mean, you start with, with Donovan Mitchell and getting that extension done, which, I mean, is a pretty easy decision to make if you're the Jazz, but you want to get that done quickly. And based on what I've seen from Donovan, he's obviously ecstatic about that, and that's what you want you know, from the face of your franchise. And, look, they accomplished a lot early in the offseason. I'd be lying if I thought that the favors move uh, didn't surprise me, uh, given you know kind of how it – it ended, but uh, you know, you know what he can bring to the table. Like he's a, a very solid player at multiple positions, and you need a guy that can that can do what he does. So, you know, I like what they did. I mean, the next question, of course, is Gobert and how that all shakes out. But um, you know, they, I think they had a productive off season, and, and we'll see if the natural development of some of their guys, uh, you know, starting with Mitchell, you know, pushes them to another level. Yeah, a couple things there, uh, Chris. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell will continue because he's so conscientious. You know how he is. He he works his tail off and he wants to be great. So he seems to be on that trajectory that would that would suggest that more of that in the future. And I think Derek Favors does add to their. They had some defensive woes last year, and he will help them in that regard. Remember the year before when he was with the Jazz, they were the second-rated defense in the league. And right. he, he had something to do with that. And so you take that and you add, you, I mean, you retain Jordan Clarkson. If they had lost him, that would have been a big blow because they wouldn't have that scoring off the bench. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. And I would expect them to be better this next year than they were this last. Yeah, they, they prioritized Clarkson in the offseason because of what you said. He, he did bring uh, a scoring punch to that bench. And if they lost him, they wouldn't uh, – they really wouldn't have much to replace him. But again, it, you know, with, with the Jazz, I mean, it's a lot of the same questions they went into the start of last year, whether it's Mike Conley and how quickly he's going to be effective. Will it take him time again, or will he be able to hit the ground running uh, this year based on what he did uh, last year? Gobert and Mitchell, I mean, how will they play together? They seem pretty effective uh, during their time in the bubble, but, you know, they are they past all that? Um, you know, it's it's... It's a good thing that they're not talking about incorporating multiple new pieces, how they'll all fit. It's just a question of, you know, the guys they have, you know, what kind of steps forward will they take and, uh, you know, how effective 
how effective will they be? You know, it's uh, you kind of know what you have with the Jazz. You just want to see what they're going to do moving forward. I want to ask you about the delicate situation that is Rudy Gobert's contract extension. We've talked to you about it many times leading up to it, but the time is here where they're, uh, you know, supposedly uh, negotiating it. Uh, Rudy eligible for the super max. I would guess that the Jazz would not be real excited about meeting that price tag. Uh, talk about these negotia- negotiations and how important they are. Yeah, it, it's important because you certainly want to have one of your tentpole guys locked in before free agency uh, next summer. And, you know, we know that there will be teams out there with cap space that are, you know, kind of sitting on the Giannis uh, talks and, and where that goes uh, moving forward. So you want to lock him down. But the question is going to be, what's the number? And, and that's kind of the great unknown in all this. It's not going to be the Supermax. It may not even be a max-level contract. I mean, there, there may be some wiggle room in between that the Jazz – and Rudy Gobert have to face. I guess the question will be with Gobert, you know, does he want to roll the dice, uh, you know, when he's a year older and hope that a big contract is available to him? I mean, more often than not, you know, guys tend to want to take, you know, the bird in the hand. And if there's a big contract on the table from Utah, you don't want to risk injury, especially if you're a big man at this stage of your career. Uh, And if you're comfortable in your environment, you want to lock in long-term. So it's hard to, to give any kind of prediction on how this plays out without knowing, you know, kind of how far apart they are. And I don't know at this point how far apart uh, the Jazz and, and Gobert are in, in their discussions. But it's certainly something I think both sides are motivated to get done before the start of the season. Do you think it would be reasonable, Chris, for the Jazz just to offer a scotch more than anybody else can offer without going full Supermax? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, y- your cap flexibility – going forward is going to be limited. I mean, you are going to get a big number off the books with Mike Conley, and uh, that'll certainly help. But if you're tying yourself to these two guys, you're you're effectively limiting what you can do with that third piece, if there is a third piece that's potentially out there. Um, yeah, I, I think, look, it behooves both sides to get a deal done. You know, Gobert has been incredibly productive with the Jazz during his time there. Uh, he clearly works in that Quinn Snyder system. They didn't have you know, the kind of success that they hope to have in the restart last season, but that there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of factors at play uh, with what happened down there. Um, I, I think it, it just makes sense, you know, for, you know, for both sides to find a number that works. And you know, again, I, I don't, I don't want to make too many, any predictions there because I just don't know enough about the specifics of the talks, but I, I do believe that both sides want to get a deal done. Chris, you cover the Celtics close, uh, closely. Tell, uh, take us through Gordon Hayward's exodus from Boston. Well, I, I mean, Gordon Hayward is the free agency winner of all time. Like, he just is. I mean, it's, you know, you go and you get a max contract in from Charlotte, you know, back in 2014 that allows you to become a free agent three years ago and you get a max contract from Boston. And then you turn around at 30 years old coming off a fairly turbulent three seasons and convince the Hornets to give you $30 million per year over four years. I mean, that's, that's a wild contract. I mean, Gordon is a good player, uh, but you know, it's been a rough go for him. You know, some of these, you know, some of no fault of his own. I mean, he you know, had the major injury three years ago and was banged up you know, over the course of last season. But I, if you're Charlotte, I'm not sure what you're getting out of this. I mean, you're not a playoff team, even with Gordon Hayward, you just, 
finished one bad contract with uh, Nick Batum, and now you're effectively tying yourself to Nick Batum 2.0, you know, a four-year contract that I'm not sure they're going to want on their books in the years to come. That's going to be pretty hard to trade, I think, down the line. So, I mean, it, you know, it, his exodus from Boston, to directly answer your question, wasn't all that surprising. I mean, it was not a pleasant experience uh, for Gordon in Boston. Again, a lot of it wasn't, you know, it was just, you know, bad luck with the leg injury, then trying to come back from the leg injury while doing it in a toxic environment that was created in part by Kyrie Irving and everything that went on there. And then last year, you know, y- your role is diminished, you know, as Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum ascended to higher levels. So I didn't blame Gordon Hayward for wanting to move on. He did want to play in Indiana. Look, that, that was true. Like they were trying to work out a deal with the Pacers, but the Celtics weren't, you know, open to what the Pacers had to offer. So we just turned around and, you know, took the money. Frankly, you're not going to win in Charlotte the next four years, but you are going to get paid nicely. You'll put up some pretty good numbers and you know, then maybe hit for agency in four years and, and see where you're at. Chris, uh, tell me if I'm reading too much into this, but uh, it, as last year was unfolding, when you saw Hayward on the court, he almost looked like, <laughs> for lack of a better term, a, a lost puppy dog out there at times. And it seemed as though there might be some sort of wall between him and his teammates. Is that reading too much? I don't think there was a wall with him and his teammates. I think there were issues with Hayward in year two, but it had more to do with how the coaching staff handled Hayward. The coaching staff was basically force-feeding him minutes to try to get him back to being himself at the cost of players who felt that they deserved those minutes. So I don't think they, you know, players held that against Gordon Hayward. At the start of the year, before the hand injury, he was playing great. Like, he started the season really strong and just, you know, things kind of happened. He came back, then there's the stoppage, then he comes back in the bubble, and there's the ankle injury. He just had a, a host of, of, of bad luck problems, you know, as, as a member of the Celtics. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't think it was, it, there was any issues with Hayward and his teammates. It just didn't work out, and sometimes that, that happens. I mean, nobody expects a catastrophic leg injury five minutes into your playing career there, but that really had ramifications for everything else with Gordon Hayward. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated with us here on 97.5 and, and 1280 The Zone. I want to ask you about the Lakers, and uh, this may be hard for Jazz fans to hear, but it seems like they've upgraded significantly this offseason. Yeah, I really like their offseason, and they capped it really well with Marcus Gasol because I think they needed that big body. I mean, Montrezl Harrell is an excellent player, but we all know Anthony Davis likes to play off of uh, another traditional big man and not having a Dwight Howard, not having a JaVale McGee who was ultimately traded that you need Mark Gasol uh, in that mix. And everything else just made a lot more sense with Gasol on board. I mean, Harold can split between two, the four and the center. Uh, I think Dennis Schroeder is an upgrade over Danny green. Uh, they made some nice moves, you know, bringing back Contavious Caldwell Pope. I mean, they, they just they, they did. I think they got better around the fringes. They still have the core of that team is very much intact with LeBron, AD, and to a lesser degree Kyle Kuzma. But the supporting cast got better. And if you're the rest of the NBA, uh, that's got to be pretty scary, especially when you factor in that you know they got guys that should, for the most part, fit in seamlessly. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is used to being a sixth man after playing at Oklahoma City. Marcus Gasol is not coming to the Lakers to be a star. So they've got guys that think they're going to fit in pretty effortlessly in what they're doing and. 
Uh, you know, if LeBron's healthy and AD's healthy, you have to look at the Lakers as a strong favorite to repeat once again. Of course, I know you're busy uh, tracking everything that's going on in the NBA proper, but have you had a chance to consider the draft and who who might be a winner there and who might not? You know, it, it's hard to to assess winners and losers because I, I wasn't sitting there four years ago saying Pascal Siakam's definitely going to be the most improved player in two years after you know, being drafted 27th. And I wasn't driving the Draymond Green bus. I wasn't driving the Rudy Gobert bus, frankly, when he was uh, drafted uh, many years ago. So it's just, it's tough. I mean, you, you like what certain teams did. I mean, I think Charlotte getting LaMelo ball, that, that's a team that badly needs star power. So it, it's good on them uh, to do that. Boston got some shooters. They badly need shooting. So on paper, uh, that's a good thing. I'd say, I, you know, Denver, when Denver targets the guy the way they did R.J. Hampton, I, I take notice to that because the Nuggets have been really good at these distressed assets. They did it a couple of years ago with Michael Porter Jr., who is terrific. Uh, Bull Bull, you know, emerged in the bubble as a really good player. They just signed him to a two-year contract. You, you know, when the Nuggets make a move to go get a guy, that, that says something to me. And they, they moved up to draft. R.J. Hampton with that 24th overall pick. And I wonder if they're going to be teams that pick after that that are shaking their heads in years to come. Like, why didn't we go get R.J. Hampton? Because I thought R.J. Hampton was an incredibly overscouted player. I mean, everybody was so locked into what he didn't do when he played overseas, not really taking into account that, hey, a teenage kid playing in New Zealand might have some problems. Uh, in high school, the kid was excellent and uh, viewed as a prospective top five pick. So, uh, that, that's something that I took notice of. When the Nuggets go out and get a guy. They've got a track record of success finding guys outside of that top ten. Chris, what do you think Houston's going to do? I don't know, because their offseason sends mixed messages. I mean, they trade Robert Covington to recoup some draft capital. That tells me that maybe they're trying to rebuild. They signed DeMarcus Cousins, albeit on a make-good type contract. That tells me something different. Christian Wood... I don't. I might be alone or in the minority here on Christian Wood, but I, I don't. I don't see it. I mean, I, I don't really get rewarding a guy for putting up numbers, you know, for one year on a bad team. Uh, that's what the Pistons were last year, and Wood was putting up those numbers. And he's not really a center, even though he has the height to be to play that position. And you've got two guys coming to camp, and James Harden and Russell Westbrook, that have made it pretty clear that they don't want to be there. So you throw in a new general manager, a new head coach. I mean, that has the potential to be really combustible right from the start. So I, 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 I can't say I know what they're doing. I think ultimately, guys, you're going to see the Rockets break the whole thing up. What has to happen first, though, is there has to be a home for Russell Westbrook. And I'm not sure where that home is at the moment. Uh, I don't see a natural fit there. I don't, I don't really understand a Washington swap with John Wall, and that didn't really go anywhere uh, right off the bat. Miami's not shown a lot of interest. The Knicks, you know, they used to be that dumb, but I don't think they're that dumb anymore. So I, I just I don't see I don't see a fit for Westbrook, and until you find a fit for Westbrook, it's a, it's a big time risk to trade a James Harden. So update us, will you, Chris? Uh, what do you, what, how would you rank your top three teams in the East, and where do you put the th top three teams in the West? Well, I mean Milwaukee's probably going to finish the regular season with the best record. They're just once again built to be a great regular season team with the shooting they have. I think Drew Holiday's upgrade over, uh, you know, over uh, Eric Bledsoe in that mix. So I think they're at least at the top in the regular season. You got to put Brooklyn number two right now. I mean, the Nets 
Yeah, I think Kevin Durant is poised for a monster year. I think Kevin Durant's going to come back with a vengeance, and I think he and Kyrie are going to play pretty well off each other, and the other guys, you know, hopefully for their sake, will figure it out. And then it's kind of a, a crapshoot after that. Is Miami as good as they were last year? They bring basically the band back together, so they should be. Uh, is How much of a hit does Boston take losing Hayward? Uh, they did add Tristan Thompson, who I think is going to help them. Uh, Jeff Teague, is, I think, is going to help them as a backup. Uh, so I think it's kind of a street fight for the third overall season. That's how I kind of see the top three in the East. The West, it's it, it's kind of a comparable pecking order. I think the the Lakers are up at the top once again. And honestly, I think the Clippers did okay this this off season. It it you know raised my eyebrow when they didn't make a strong push to go after Montrez Harrell. But you know, look, Serge Ibaka might make more sense to them. You know, Serge Ibaka is a better perimeter shooter. He's a rebounder, a shot blocker. And he's got great chemistry with Kawhi Leonard. Those two were really close uh, during their one season together in Toronto. So uh, I think they'll they'll be just as good uh, this year in the regular season they were last year. And again, the number three spot, it, it's just a fight. It's it's whoever's there. I mean, I, you know, Golden State I don't think is, is obviously not going to be as good without Clay, but you know they'll be significantly improved. Denver, Utah, uh, is Houston going to be in that mix? Uh, I, I think the third seed in the Western Conference is is going to be a fight. Chris, thank you so much for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Anytime, guys. There you go. That's our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. Great guest to have on today, Austin. Uh, great job uh, uh, nabbing Chris, helping uh, having him come on and help us digest some of the stuff. Uh, it was you- hard to find his phone number, but uh, I got it done. <laughs> you know, we've only had him on a time or two before. Um, what he said about Houston there, uh, Gordon, and we covered a lot of ground with Chris, but that right now is the biggest um, – off-season storyline in my mind is what is that franchise going to do? Yeah, it's a good question, and I'm not sure anybody has the answer. It, 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 there, you know, the hands might be forced to just do something desperate. Well, I don't know, you know? what that would be because I, I don't. The if you were going to do something desperate, you'd prefer to do it desperate with Russell uh, Russell Westbrook, right? But I don't think well, anybody wants that contract. Yeah. Maybe maybe you move James Harden and say, hey, uh, you have to take Westbrook too if you're going to take Harden. But that then we're talking about so much money. I don't know how uh, a team could possibly, you know, match that salary wise. Yeah, that's that's pretty impossible. I would say if they if they if they want to move one of those guys, then they I think they should do everything they can to load up uh, sort of uh, one year deals that they can dump. And, and and begin again, you know. I mean, does that sound too simplistic? Well, it doesn't uh, sound it, like something their owner would want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about, yeah, I guess. But think of what the Jazz did, you know, they the way they went about rebuilding their, their thing. I mean, it wasn't dry. It wasn't horrible. But they made some smart moves and uh, and shifted the thing. And uh, and I'm going back to uh, when Ty Corbin was a coach, you know, where they they built it up with uh, with I think responsible moves, ac- using acumen in the draft, finding the right guys. And the question is, does uh, does that management, that ownership, uh, have the patience to do that? Yeah, I don't know, because you remember, Gordon, there were some lean years here at this arena and, and yeah. um, you know, lean, they never, you know, were the worst team in the league by any means, but there were, there were some lean years here. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where you can't stay up forever. But, but James Harden is such a valuable asset. 
You know, moving off somebody like that has got to be difficult because you're never going to get, you know, fair value in return. I, I'm not the biggest James Harden fan. I don't particularly like watching him play, but there's no doubt he's, I mean, he's a force offensively. Yeah, yeah. So You just got to build your whole team around him. So anybody, I, I don't know how that would work in certain circumstances that he has said he would like to go or at least indicated that he would like to go. Like, I, how how do you see that? I know we're talking about Houston, but how do you see that working out in Brooklyn? Yeah, I don't. I, and I, 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 I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would happen there. Well, if I'm Houston, I certainly don't let James Harden dictate where uh, I'm trading him to. Oh, a little vengeance, huh? A little uh, revenge. Well, no, no, no. Or... It's just I, you know, he's under contract with Houston. If I'm Houston, I'm out there looking for the best deal. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to uh, accommodate James Harden per se. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm glad you asked Chris about the Lakers because, man, that team just is getting better. Oh, I mean, it's just dumb. The fact that they found a way to get Montrez Harrell from the Clippers is yeah. good. That, that should be illegal. Oh, yeah. I mean, that team is going to be better this year than it was yeah. last year. And and Schroeder uh, is such a big upgrade over Rajon Rondo. I mean, And it's... such a difficult matchup for the Jazz in particular. I mean, maybe everybody. I don't know. But they, that guy is hard to stay in front of. And Marc Gasol is no spring chicken, certainly, but you take him as your backup big any day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. they've Rob Palinka. You got to give him a, a lot of credit. He's he's really done a, a masterful job this offseason with not you know a ton of cap room, might I add. And we yeah, didn't even bring up re-signing Anthony Davis, which was pretty much a given. All right, mm-hmm. uh, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. And, Andrew, uh, guys don't like to talk about it, but there are a lot of guys out there dealing with uh, ED and dealing with the uh, side effects of the uh, medication. We'll get Andrew back here, coming up here momentarily. Let me, let me <laughs> he dropped off the line. Let me take this uh, moment to tease what we've got coming up. David Locke will be with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, Derek Favors himself will be on the big show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We are very excited uh, for that conversation with, uh, with Derek Favors uh, as he uh, it became officially official, officially official, that uh, Derek Favors is uh, going to be back with the Utah Jazz. Uh, did it at a, a press conference uh, earlier today. All right, let's try this again. Back out of the zone phone. Joining us now, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, let's help our, uh, our listeners and uh, those out there struggling with ED. Yes, we are helping so many guys, uh, Jake. Now, the acoustic wave therapy is so much different than what has existed uh, before. It's not a pill. There's a lot of guys suffering with erectile dysfunction that, A, don't get results from the pill, or B, suffer from those nasty side effects. Now, our treatment opens up and regrows blood vessels. It's all about the blood flow, of course. And here's the bottom line restore the normal function back in the bedroom in your younger years when you didn't have to pre-plan with the medication. What is the uh, the science out there saying about this, Andrew? I know you guys are making a big deal out of that because it's it's really proven to help a lot of people. Yeah, I think a few years ago when we started, we were kind of alone. Um, you know, hey, this is a breakthrough treatment. This works, this works. And the clinical journals have agreed with us as we've gone on the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com has 40. Now, there's a lot of clinical studies, Cambridge, and they all conclude basically the same thing. We can regrow blood vessels. Uh, It's safe and effective. It has a very high success rate. And I just love the no side effects that they all mention. That is a game changer. 
801-901-8000 is the number to call get on that schedule you'll see the doctor and get a uh, a lot more besides yes uh get ready for the holidays put a stop to the erectile dysfunction and uh call us now we'll do the initial step which is an assessment with the doctor free now that's not going to be the actual treatments you may decide the treatments are not for you or they are but you can come in get analyzed get a blood flow ultrasound uh, all free we'll throw in a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom you'll love that and new patients even get free testosterone so we've got every angle of erectile dysfunction covered Call us now. It's all free. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Jake. There you go. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. We'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Want to remind you, join the Big Show. Football Friday, 2 to 6 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Price is so low to blow your mind. The Warehouse, Big Show. Man, I love this song. Is this the best? This may be, in my opinion, the best cover of all time. It's an incredible song. Jimmy Hendrix. Well, I tell you, that's quite a statement, though. I mean, I, as you said that, I'm sitting here trying to think of other ones. I think you're right, just because we can't think of another one right off the top of our heads. Well, right, it's Gordon? just such an incredible song. I mean, version of the song to begin with. I heard this version long before I heard the Bob Dylan. Heard Bob's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people probably don't know that's a Bob Dylan song because it's just it's Jimmy's signature song, right? So think about how many songs Bob Dylan has floating around out there. Oh, man, I bet he he makes a killing from royalties. But when you hear him sing, uh, it's it's kind of like, yeah, like I always say, uh, if you find a melody on there somewhere, grow, jump aboard. I mean, but I guess that's his charm. I like Bob's voice. That uh, wow. that That cover that you sent that he and George Harrison did of yesterday. Yeah, that I sent to you. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean... It, but but it, most people would not find that melodic. <laughs> sure on. it is. Come on. Sure it is. No, that's pretty amazing, though. I, I sent Gordon a, a Rolling Stone article that had a link to uh, Bob Dylan covering yesterday with George Harrison right after the Beatles broke up. And you and I were talking uh, on the text, Gordon. I wonder, you know, the sound engineers of that day, uh, you know, must just have miles of incredible tape that never made it to press, you know? Well, uh, yeah, think about that. Uh, that. That song and songs like that just stashed away somewhere? Yeah, just in somebody's desk drawer. Pretty amazing. I mean, that, after after a certain amount of time, it sort of it becomes public, right? Is that is it, it's supposed to, isn't yeah. it? Or mm-hmm. am I misunderstanding that? Yeah, because I think that's the reason that, uh, uh, oh, why did I just go blank? Uh, Fogarty can start singing CCR songs again. <laughs> 
I think that's true. Wrote. Yeah, I think if you go to a, a, a Fogarty concert, I think he can actually now start singing songs that he wrote again. For a long time there, it was it put me in coach, and that was about it. Well, nobody's going to feel sorry for these rock stars or musicians, but that that's that's why some of these contracts that are signed early on are really jacked up, really screwed up because. <laughs> Yeah. Just to say that a guy who wrote the song can't perform it? There's something wrong with that. Well, you got to retain your own music rights. I guess. That's Be a- careful out there, everybody. You know, uh, I hire a good IP attorney. IP attorneys make a fortune, by the way. Very lucrative to get into if you're willing to How do you know that? Work. Uh, well, my wife does some IP work, but that's not mainly what she does. But she she looked into it there for a little while. the 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 one that you can really do well is um, is patent attorney because you it it requires additional qualifications from a science standpoint. Now, I had a friend whose dad started out as a as a, I hope I don't mess this up, but if I understand it correctly, he started out as a chemist uh, and a chemical engineer type. And then he went to law school and got his law degree. And then he was, as a patent attorney, and then he was protecting some of his own patents. Yeah, that's you have to have kind of a science background to be a, a patent attorney. So, yeah, it's there you go. How did we get there? Oh, yeah, music rights. It's strange. <laughs> yeah, hey, go. hey, it's Wednesday before Thanksgiving, man. We can get as loose as we that want That was really today. a productive segment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It really was. As we discovered earlier, Gordon, it's Blackout uh, Wednesday. So today is Blackout Wednesday and Friday is Black Friday? I guess so. Is that what it's called? Because everybody goes shopping? I wonder how that's going to go this year. Yeah. Uh, didn't I see a, I read a report somewhere that that it's a little rugged out there? Well, the good Probably news not. is no one's emotions are heightened this year. So Not at all. Nothing really going so on. So you, uh, you won't have... Uh, Grandmas out there beating each other over the head with a purse uh, over Black Eye Friday. Yeah. I don't know, but that is always the <laughs> highlight of Black Friday, right? The the trickling in of videos of uh, fist fights at uh, the Walmart. That's my kiss me Susie doll. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. when I honestly when I worked at Sears, and this was before. I mean, Black Friday was a thing, but it wasn't as much of a thing as it is now. And I remember being on the inside of the store and watching them open the doors. And that is just, it was a sight to behold. The people just (laughs) piling in with, like, so much aggressiveness. I mean, and just... Sharper elbows than Stockton ever dreamed of. It was something else. It was like that, uh, the scene in Far and Away, uh, the homesteader scene. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's just like that. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, dude, it's a, it's a... It's a $12 ratchet set, man. It's not worth, you know, committing wait a assault minute, wait over. A what, what, wait a minute. Explain what you saw in the movie because I, I didn't see that, and a lot of our listeners might not have. I'll, never, I'll tweet it out. You've I never think... seen Far and Away, really? You know what, you know what so. homesteading was, right, back in the, yeah. the old uh, Midwest or whatever? Well, uh, uh, Midwest and West. They, uh, they, like, stake out the property, right? Uh-huh. They mark it all out beforehand, and then it's just basically oh. a big race, and whatever – property you get to first you can keep kind of like the oklahoma sooners yeah just, yeah uh, yeah, yeah okay. it's the exact same concept but far and away that uh bad tom cruise nicole kidman movie actually it's not a bad movie 
Wait, now, people were really fighting over the tools they could find at Sears? Oh, you have no idea. Absolutely. I mean, maybe not a full-blown fist fight, but there like definitely some uh some some ruffled feelings, that's for sure. You have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Well, I, I would say no. <laughs> Thus, I don't participate in the phenomenon uh, at all. I would say I'd rather pay the extra 5% that that item would normally cost. Okay. Well, we hope everyone is safe, especially this year. You know, keep your distance. And uh, I wonder how many people are shopping online these days. Must be high. I'm sure it is. Well, uh, check out Amazon stock there. and probably figure it out. Uh, anywho, Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow. Productive was, segment, everyone. Was that where uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman got uh, their off, off-screen romance going? No, that was Days of Thunder. That was before Far and Away? Days of okay. Thunder was their, their when their romance began. I see. But they were together when they did Far and Away. And I think Eyes Wide Shut was toward the end of their relationship. Okay. Important things. It, I mean, movie Tom zone and, tomorrow at noon. Tom and Nicole together. All right, Thanksgiving edition in the movie yep, zone. Yep. Like While that. we're on that subject, who's your favorite all-time uh, power couple from Hollywood? Uh, who's Ed Asner married to? <laughs> uh, you know they're not together anymore. But I always loved Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. That they're always, not together? No, they're not together anymore. I don't they're think. not? I thought they were. I don't think so. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not together anymore. I told you what they did with the, the girl that played Matilda. Yeah, yeah, they adopted her, right? Yeah, her parents died while they were making that movie, and so Danny and Rhea adopted her. I didn't know they'd broken up, though. Uh, I believe so, but I always thought that that was a pretty good... Uh, I liked uh, Jerry Stiller, and uh, oh, now I can't think of his wife's name. Red hair. Uh, they they were a power couple in the twenties or the thirties when they were funny. But God, what was her name? Don't know. Come on, uh, Anne Anne Mira. You guys really don't know who Anne, Anne Mira, Mira was? Uh, oh, never mind. How about uh, how about Gordon's guy Hugh Hefner and the the three women that were famous there for a hot second? Uh, oh, the girls next door. Yeah, the girls next door. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Hugh Hefner. Yeah, I don't uh, ever tell you the story how I met him. Uh, yeah, once or twice. <laughs> Heard it a couple of times on the on the show. A couple before. hundred times. So I don't know. Hollywood best Hollywood power couple. Uh, Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a good one. How about that? Yeah. Put your lips you together. Have a, you don't have a whistle, don't you? Yeah. Uh, thank you for getting you to it. Yeah. To beating Gordon to that. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. Hollywood <laughs> power couples. Let us know. Uh, no, we'll don't. Ha- we'll have more coming up next. Locke joins us at four. Derek Favors. Lucy is, and Desi? Is going to be on the show at five. Oh, that didn't end well, man. That, that's kind of sad. Well, thank you for highlighting way to, that. Way to bring us down. Yeah. <laughs> didn't say Whitney and Bobby. <laughs> Happens to me every time now. <laughs> every time, man. Come in from these up-tempo records. All right. We'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man. How many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly 
You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Gordo, we have some uh, uh, minor NBA news, but it, it feels to me like uh, it's the most. Uh, it's a really Sacramento Kings move. The Kings oh, have uh, signed free agent center Hassan Whiteside to a one-year deal. Of course, this is the day after that they le- left Bogdan Bogdanovich just go without uh, just for nothing. No, we're not. They, they said that. they said that was the hardest decision they've ever had to make. <laughs> I would say it's one of the dumber decisions, uh, but <laughs> but we're talking about the Kings here. There's there's a reason that okay let me, let me put it this way I remember uh, the late great Larry Miller uh, one off season kind of the first off season post uh, John and Carl era he signed two restricted free agents Gordon do you remember who they were uh, no I don't who Jason Terry and Corey okay. Maggette and both were matched by their respective clubs and the next off season Larry Miller said uh, not going to do that again. In fact, he uh, he publicly said that uh, they're they're done with signing restricted free agents because he, here's the thing: franchises don't let good players go for nothing if they don't have to. So why would you not just match the offer and then move the player? Well, I mean, I get it. They want to have financial flexibility to build around De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hield, and and Marvin Bagley III. That's what they said. But it's like. Well, you just let a, a good asset walk out the door for nothing, and yeah. you had all the control in the situation. I mean, you just That's don't hard. see you don't see teams do that because it's not a, a smart move. Do you remember when the Jazz uh, kept Portland kept matching, yeah. or it kept uh, making offers to the Jazz's restricted free agents, and it cost them a lot of money. See, now that one, that was a little different. The one they let go with Wes Matthews because they matched Paul, remember, and they let Wes go. Mm-hmm. But Wes Matthews was on uh, um, what uh, he was uh, um, undrafted, right? right? So he was not mm-hmm. locked in. His contract allowed him to become a restricted free agent because of being an undra- uh, undrafted free agent. So he was a restricted free agent right after his rookie year. So there was still that question whether or not he was going to be you know, what kind of player he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in in this case, we know Bogdan Bogdanovich is a good player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like we it always comes down to, uh, Jake, how much – if you want to spend a lot of money on a player, you better make sure you're spending it on the right players. Because it's better to be bad and not be hamstrung by financial situations than it is to be hamstrung. Yeah, because that absolutely makes it so much more difficult for a team to to redo, to rebuild. But it's it's the the contracts. Let me let me see how I can put this. Uh, it it the it, that's at the end of the contract most times when that happens, right? Okay. Or at least a couple years in. Why not match the offer, sign the asset, and move them right away? Well, you still Bogdan Bogdanovich has a, a tremendous amount of value. 
which yeah. the Kings themselves tried to parlay in that deal that uh, uh, was just completed today, by the way, using or yesterday using Stephen Adams. But when they traded Bogdanovich without asking him first, remember that yes, whole thing last that week? That was a bit of a mistake. Yeah, yeah, they were trying to parlay that asset into something because, you know, that's what you should do. <laughs> okay. But you need to check with the player first. Well, in this case, because you need him to agree to uh, to a sign and trade. Mm-hmm. Which he had no interest doing. And then on on, an, on an, uh, another NBA note, did you see that Gordon Hayward agreed to be traded to the Hornets so that Boston could get a trade exception? Something that he refused to do when he left mm-hmm. the Jazz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these things can be personal sometimes. Well, that's certain. That was, that was the part of that whole saga that absolutely told me it was personal. That absolutely communicated loud and clear that this is a personal move uh, a personal rejection of the jazz franchise which is really kind of strange from this standpoint i understand that they did not sign him early and that probably chapped gordon in a in a big way but think about what the jazz did for that player i mean they made him a star as far as opportunity goes their coaching staff was huge in, in helping develop him. And and I thought Quinn Snyder was done a little dirty there because of the way Gordon Hayward said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go play for my coach, when Quinn Snyder had, had, had helped his career. I'll say it that way. So I wonder what it was specifically that made him turn it personal that way. I don't know. I mean, because, you know, Carlos Boozer was a controversial figure around here, and when he left for the Bulls, the Jazz got a signing trade, which they were, uh, or the Jazz got a uh, trade exception, which of course they parlayed into Al Jefferson. You know, it's just a, it's LeBron had been called out by the owner when he left Cleveland the first time. You remember that that long like open letter that the owner wrote yes. right after LeBron uh, left? That was Gilbert. Just, Gilbert. It was just uh, chock full of bitterness. LeBron even got Cleveland a trade exception. I mean, if there was ever a reason to take something personally and not do the franchise you're leaving a solid, it was then. And even LeBron did that for it. So for Gordon not to do that, that really, that was really something. Do you think that the moves that the Jazz have made this offseason are getting due respect? Uh, Do you think they will be seen as having made themselves better? We talked with Chris Mannix about this. But I wonder, because, you know, I saw the, 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 uh, the win totals coming out of the Magic uh, Wizards down there in Vegas. Uh-huh, the sports predicting wizard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I think maybe the Jazz uh, deserve a little bit more credit than what, uh, what they're being afforded. Uh, do you think that's true across the board or not? No, because I don't think that the uh, magic uh, sports predicting wizard in Vegas is uh, right 100% of the time. We read a we read a report card from Sports Illustrated yesterday, Gordon, that gave the Jazz an A minus. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I, I just I think what they have done makes a whole lot of sense, and I don't know whether they're going to be able to add or create or develop that wing defender who would be really helpful for them if they were able to do that. But they've addressed many of their other needs. I don't know about their first-round draft pick. I, I, I don't I don't know enough about that guy to really be able to project whether I think he's going to pay off or not. 
a lot of people are putting stock in Elijah Hughes. Uh, kid can score. Uh, can he score at the NBA level? I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, we'll find out. And those who make are making predictions right now one way or the other, uh, well, let's just say that there's not a lot riding on it. All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Uh, Locke's going to join the show coming up next, so stay tuned for that. But uh, joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, Andrew, uh, I say this all the time, but you've helped a lot of listeners with uh, with their love lives. Yes, we have helped so many guys. And at the end of the day, Wasatch Medical Clinic really improves relationships. Um, the intimacy is such a critical part to the relationship. And we can't forget that erectile dysfunction, of course, affects a man but it affects his significant other. And the emotional toll goes both ways. Uh, We use acoustic wave therapy that's clinically shown to open up and regrow blood vessels. That's a process called neovascularization. And clinical study after clinical study says that we can reverse erectile dysfunction by treating those damaged blood vessels. So, of course, the result ends up being that a guy doesn't have to rely on the pill It's a more natural treatment. I say we're kind of the anti-pill approach, and I don't know anybody that wants to take medication for erectile dysfunction. Yeah, because the side effects are are just uh, terrible, and uh, some of the the measures that people go to treat it are just uh, extreme. Like, I can't imagine the injections. That can't be fun. Yeah, the injections are really common. That's typically where a guy goes if the pills stop working, and it has significant side effects that can lead to scar tissue and curvature and so many bad things um, where you can, you know, go through a few short 10 minute treatments with our acoustic wave and bypass all of that because all of that is treating the symptom. We're treating the root cause and you'll be amazed what can happen in the bedroom when we get your blood flowing properly. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.